People often ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe that Jesus who was crucified, just as the prophets prophesied, he left the tomb unoccupied with angels in his stead. And I believe, I believe he showed himself to witnesses, to those who would attest to his true presence in the midst of them, the many who beheld. So when the people ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe they preached in Jerusalem as resurrected Son of Man, and enemies could not reprimand the truth of all their claims. And I believe, Disciples suffered sword and fight, they gladly bore the pain and shame to magnify the holy name of Christ their risen Lord. This one great fact of history I'll cling to all my days, that one day I may see him when with him I am raised, that one day I may see him when with him I am raised. Why we believe Jesus is God. I want us to take a look at three passages that demonstrate for us from the scriptures that Jesus is God. Let's take a look at those together. The first one is in John chapter 1, and this is, we're going to see what the word means. So John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And when you look on down in verse 14, we read, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John starts his gospel by telling us that in the beginning was the Word. You know, it's very similar to Genesis 1-1 that starts off that in the beginning God. Well, John is writing about his experience in the New Testament time, that things are going to be made new, and a lot of that starts with Jesus Christ. And here, in the beginning was the Word. We find out that this Word was God. We found out this word was with God. We find out that this word created all things. When you look at Genesis 1, you find out who created all things. It's God. When you look here in this, you find out it's the word. Well, well what does that mean? In verse 14, we see that, that earlier it was even stated that the word was God. But now we see in verse 14 that that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Make no mistake of it. We see this word is Jesus Christ. He is the one who was made flesh and lived among human beings. We see that the word is God and Jesus Christ is God. There's more passages, though. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews now. In Hebrews chapter one, we find out that Jesus, being the son, he is greater than the angels. Hebrews chapter one, verses three and four. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Look at verse six now. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Once again, we see that it's through the hand of Jesus Christ that God is able to make all things that we see around us. Jesus is the creator God that we read about in the beginning in Genesis 1.1. We also see from verse 6 that all of God's angels are called to worship Jesus Christ. If the angels of God are called to worship Jesus Christ, then shouldn't we be also called to worship Jesus Christ as well? Well, the third passage specifically talks about that. Let's go now to the end of Matthew's gospel. In Matthew chapter 28, we find out that Jesus himself, he has all authority. By the way, who has all authority except for God himself? Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And with these words, Matthew ends his gospel. And we also know that what happened right after this is that Jesus himself ascended up into heaven. And we see from, from this passage, when you even look at how the disciples responded in verse 17, they worshiped Jesus. Now, th that would be unthinkable, except for the fact that they knew Jesus is God, just like we have to accept that fact that Jesus is God. Jesus is worthy of our worship. He has been given all of this authority. 
What does he do with that authority? Well, he asks us. He specifically asks those 11 disciples, but he also asks us to go and to make disciples, to teach them about all of these things, to baptize them, and then to continue to teach them everything that Jesus has taught the disciples. That's kind of this endless cycle that we have been given until Christ returns. And we also find out along with all of these promises and along with this authority and along with this command is that Jesus is going to be with us always to the very end of the age. Wonderful blessings from a man who was more than just a man, but is also God himself in the flesh. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and wash my sins away. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and then I can be saved. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized. With Jesus I'll be raised. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized. Giving God, giving God the praise, and I'll be born again. Born of the water and the Spirit, and I'll be born again. Born of the blood of the Lamb, and I'll be born again. Walking in the love of forgiveness, and I'll be born again. Yes, born again, obeying Christ the Lamb. I love the Lord, so my friends have been baptized, and washed my sins away. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. I'm now among the saved. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. With Jesus, I've been raised. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. Giving God, giving God the praise, and I've been born again. Born of the water and the spirit, and I've been born again. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I've been born again. Walking in a life of forgiveness, and I've been born again. Yes, born again, a child of God I am. I love you, friends, won't you come and be baptized? And wash your sins away. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? And then you can be saved. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? With Jesus, you'll be raised. I love you, friend. Won't you come and be baptized? Giving God, Giving God the praise, and you'll be born again. Born of the water and the spirit, and you'll be born again. Wash in the blood of the Lamb, and you'll be born again. Walking in a life of forgiveness, and you'll be born again. Yes, born again, obeying Christ the Lamb. Why we believe there will be a judgment day. Now, there's actually dozens and dozens of passages that talk about judgment and how God is going to select a day in which he's going to judge all the people. 
In this video, we're just going to take a look at a few of those. In Jude, the only chapter that it has, verses 14 and 15, we actually find out that the teaching about judgment is a very early teaching. Jude says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with the thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So even Enoch was talking about that there is a day in which the Lord is going to pronounce judgment upon all people, the sinners and those who are considered saints. But there's more. In Matthew chapter 25, we get this wonderful story uh, that, that describes this judgment. In Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, we read this by the mouth of Jesus himself. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Once again, we find out that this is a day in which the righteous and the unrighteous will be there before the throne of God. In this case, before the throne of the Son of Man. And the Son of Man is going to, uh, to, to reveal judgment, is going to show those who are indeed sheep or who are goats, the ones who have been faithful to God, the ones who have not been faithful to God. And in this case, specifically, if you look at what is judged is how they interact with those people around them. You know, whether or not they take care of the needs for the people around them, that is what they are judged by, is their actions for other people. But there's also other judgment scenes. In the final book of the Bible, we read in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So here in this passage, almost at the end of the Bible, we see that there will be a day in which all will be judged. The great people, the small people, you know, great and small alike, rich and poor alike, all of those will stand. Those who are righteous, those who are wicked, they will all stand before this great white throne to be judged. And they're going to be judged based on the deeds that they have done right here, right now. This is the time that we prepare for Judgment Day. It matters how we treat those people around us. It matters how we treat God. All of these things, all of our actions, both the big actions that we might think of and the little actions, all of them are important. And we'll, we will be held accountable for what we do in this life. That's what the Judgment Day is all about. There's one more passage I want us to take a look at. And this is from an early sermon uh, in, in the church. In Acts chapter 17, we actually find out that uh, Paul himself, he says that there is proof that there is a judgment day. Listen to this. Paul there, he says, this is just at the end of his sermon. He says, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Now, just like people respond in different ways to that statement today, people responded different ways in the life of Paul as well. 
some people believed, some people were just confused, and some people just didn't want to have anything to do with that. But Paul says, look, Jesus himself is raised up from the dead, and this is proof that God himself is going to judge us all one day, and we ourselves will be raised up from the dead. What's that day going to look like for you? What's that day going to look like for me? You know, those, those are questions that we ourselves have to answer for ourselves. No one else is going to, to stand before that great white throne in your place. It will be you yourself, and you will give an account for the things that you do. That doesn't have to be a scary thought for us. It just is one that we have to recognize and one that is powerful and is important for us to know. And I believe it, it can affect the way we live our lives, but it can also affect how willing we are to go and tell the person next to us, you know, our neighbor, that, look, Judgment Day will be coming. Are you ready for that day? Ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready for the Judgment Day. When the Bridegroom comes, will I be there to meet Him in the air? And will my lamp be burning bright? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Master comes today, will I be in or cast away? And will He find me faithful there? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose delay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.